All right, ladies and gents, this is your man, El Jamal, coming back for another special Saturday edition of Never Out of Bounds. This is the place where your Second Amendment is protected as long as you got the facts. Uh, we got a couple things to talk about uh, in the news, so let's get into it right with the word on the street. And uh, a couple days ago, an armed group of separatists attacked the Chinese consulate in Karachi, Pakistan. After an hour-long shootout occurred, uh, two bystanders were killed, two policemen as well, and also three of the assailants. Uh, the group is known as the uh, Balochistan Libera Liberation Army, and they are from the southwest uh, province excuse me, of Balochistan. The group is attempting to sabotage the bonds that are being uh, set up right now between the Pakistani and Chinese governments. Uh, they're currently working together uh, to work on infrastructure and uh, transportation projects within the country and obviously uh, China would benefit as well as the Pakistani government and it seems these groups uh, have a problem with outside influence and how outside uh, business ventures that's what it seems to me at the same time a suicide bomber attacked a market in the northwest uh, northwest region excuse me of, of Iraqi uh, killing 25 people and earlier that week, 55 people were murdered in a suicide bombing um, early in the week in the city, in the capital city of Kabul. So this has been going on for a while. Uh, these factions are deep uh, in terms of their their disdain for each other. Um, I kind of get it. it I kind of get the feeling that these uh, these militant groups are feeling that the government is selling them out to private investors, private uh, businessmen, so on and so forth, foreign uh, entities. Uh, you know, I understand that, but again, um, it's not worth the killing of innocent people. Uh, this group has already claimed to have carried out 12 attacks against security personnel in the attempt to thwart uh, this um, these business ventures between Pakistan and China. And uh, it's difficult. I mean, I understand, you know, you don't want to, you know, be subjected or exploited. Um, but again, I'm not with the killing of the bombing of innocent people. So uh, there, there's a there's a crossroads there. There's a lot of drama there, and it doesn't seem like they uh, they have a solution at the moment to figure it out. And uh, final, uh, in some in some other news, uh, we do have China still in the mix. However, uh, it's concerning us now. China has recently converted their Coast Guard uh, to an actual military force. Uh, this force is now uh, autonomous to law enforcement. Uh, of course, they would have to deal with other militaries personnel so on and so forth at this case now china is claiming this to be untrue uh, however not only are u.s uh, military officials uh, you know well saying this claiming this but also other uh, military personnel are you know not only saying that china has converted their their coast guard but they're also confirming uh, that they've also developed a couple bases uh, one of them being underwater in the south china sea and i have a quote here from a japanese a military official uh from from here describing this now he goes china still remains adventurous and it is expanding its actions in the east china and the south china sea now with that being said um you know the Chinese are saying something a little bit different in their prominent um, newspaper, the study times. Uh, it was, there's a quote in there saying facilities on the reefs and the, I'm sorry, facilities on the reefs and the islands of the South China sea should be more civilian and less military. So again, China is claiming uh, that they want to do more, you know, they don't want to be militarized or at least be aggressive, uh, military, you know, 
be aggressive in their militarization. Uh, however, a lot of other people are claiming something different. Uh, with that being said, China is uh, aggressively taking back Hong Kong. Uh, Hong Kong, of course, is a part of China, uh, but it's been its own autonomous enclave, uh, pretty much what is a free market, and it's been their economic hub. Uh, free trade, so on and so forth. It's uh, a lot different than the rest of China, including Beijing. Uh, however, uh, they've been trying to force, well, not necessarily force, but expedite the process of those, uh, of both of those entities being China uh, and Hong Kong to uh, officially merge uh, politically, and, you know, government wise. So they're trying to also force that hand. Uh, they're cracking down on dissidents and also democratic Democratic uh, democratic speech. Uh, again, uh, this is a communist country, uh, just like Russia. It has those deep-rooted ties. I don't think Russia has changed so much in that room either. Uh, but again, uh, they are still a communist country, and they are reaching out to their communist allies. Uh, just recently, uh, State Counselor and Minister of National Defense Wei Fang uh, met, with the, met with the Minister of the Revolutionary Armed Forces uh, in Cuba, uh, Leopoldo Central Frias. And basically, they've been strengthening bonds. Uh, they're going to attempt to uh, bring uh, some military uh, unity and uniformity together with each other, understanding who they are. Uh, Russia has also sent some money down to Cuba earlier as well, and the sum of about 38 million bucks uh, to help their defense system. So again, um, we, we have an example of uh, various ideologies attempting to establish world rule. This is what it is. Everybody wants to rule the world. And uh, fortunately, uh, the people like you and I are going to have to face the brunt of that uh, in America, whether we have to, you know, uh, you serve in the military or serve in terms of our taxes. Same thing in these other countries. Again, you know, these big powerful men, uh, whether they be Trump or uh, Xi Jinping, I think his name was pronounced in uh, China, they're they're um, they're manipulating the masses and you know they're all doing it in their own way Putin the same thing even these Middle Eastern uh, leaders uh, same thing they're trying to control their people as puppets as slaves and again we'll have to face the brunt of it whatever they come up with whatever they decide they want to do with each other so I think they should all get in a room and either talk it out or put on some boxing gloves and fight each other I don't think we need to be involved in this in their crap anymore but anyway we're gonna move on we're gonna take a quick break uh, when we come back we're gonna be going over some college football I'm gonna go over going over the scores over the last two days of course we had some rivalry games uh, of course we had some conference championship games and games that uh, determine who's gonna be playing in those conference championship games so we're gonna be going over that as well as my highs and rankings uh, we're also gonna be going over some NFL as well a couple news things to talk about uh, more so some scores over Thanksgiving and uh, finally we'll be wrapping everything up with some NBA all right y'all we'll be right back all right, y'all, let's get it. We are back, and uh, like I said, we're going to go over some college football scores over the past couple of days. Uh, we got some top 25 action, and uh, we're going to start off with number nine, UCF Central Florida, uh, taking out Southern Florida 38-10. to uh, They remain undefeated 11-0, and and uh, your boys UCF, I'm sorry, USF, go down to 7-5. Uh, USF started off hot in the beginning of the season. I think they had won seven straight, but since they've been uh, in conference play, they haven't done so well at all. I think they've lost 
Five straight since uh, they got deep into conference play. Uh, the player of the game I got uh, is, is uh, Craig McCray from UCF uh, Central Florida. He had three touchdowns on 182 yards. Uh, however, uh, their starting quarterback, Mackenzie Milton, uh, injured his right knee in the second quarter. He had to be carted off the field. I'm not too sure uh, just how bad it was, but he did not finish that game. Uh, but UCF would go to, go on to win their 23rd straight win and will play Memphis in the conference championship game. Good luck with that, uh, especially since you're miss, missing that starting quarterback. But again, they move on and win their 23rd in a row. This is why I believe the college football playoff needs to be expanded. There is no reason why a 23 win, uh, 23 straight win team should be even uh, remotely out on the outside looking into a playoff situation. That's ridiculous. They haven't even lost in about two years, so I don't want to hear that. Uh, anyways, moving on, uh, we have Washington, number 16 in the nation, taking out Washington State, their rival, uh, who's number eight, who was number eight. Uh, we'll get those um, we'll get those rankings updated by uh, either Sunday or Monday for you guys. But uh, anyways, uh, the Huskies take out the Cougars, 28 to 15. Uh, Washington moves on to nine and three. Washington State moves on to 10 and two. Uh, Miles Gaskin is the story of that game. Uh, three total touchdowns. I think a 180 yards uh, again uh, he was a deciding factor ran for the I believe the yeah I, I want to say the game with a touchdown at least the touchdown that put the game out of reach um, again uh, Jake Browning really wasn't active uh, he didn't do too much he threw a couple interceptions uh, Minishu, the quarterback from um, Washington State uh, he also had a had a pretty uh, difficult game through. I think he threw for about two interceptions. Uh, and again, Washington, um, they win the Pac-12 North. They win the Apple Cup for the sixth straight year. Uh, they'll be going up against the Pac-12 South winner, which I believe uh, as of today, honestly, I think it's, uh, it's Utah. Uh, so I believe it's going to be Utah. So Washington should be facing Utah in the Pac-12 title game. Uh, any if I'm wrong, I will let you guys know, but I'm pretty sure that should be the mat, uh, the Pac-12 title matchup. Uh, but moving on, uh, we got number 18, Mississippi State. Uh, they're currently 8-4. and four. Uh, They were able to get it done against their rival, Ole Miss, in their egg ball, their annual egg ball, 35-3. Ole Miss goes down to 5-7. and seven. Uh, Got Nick uh, Nick Fitzgerald as your, as your player of the game for this one. The quarterback here, uh, three total touchdowns, one through the air, two on the ground. Pretty good game from him overall, and on defense, Mississippi State as a whole, they got four sacks and two interceptions. Got to the quarterback really well, forced some turnovers, and again, it was a good game for them. Good win for them, and they stay in the top 25. Uh, we have Texas, uh, number 14 in the nation. Uh, they took out Kansas 24 to 17. Uh, they move on to 93. Kansas, uh, Kansas, uh, unfortunately, goes with three and nine. Uh, again, for the second straight, straight week in a row, I do feel that uh, Kansas plays a better football, although they didn't get a win. Uh, I don't think it should have. This game should have been that close. Again, it's a, a sign of the times that I think. I don't think Texas is necessarily slipping, uh, but I do think that given the right coach, given the right personnel, Kansas may be able to start challenging maybe next year. Uh, they put a 500 yards on Oklahoma last week. Uh, they were in a relatively close game with uh, Texas this week. I think a change is going to come for them. Uh, but anyway, Sam Ellinger, I gave the game for. I gave the player of the game at least for the Texas uh, for Texas. And the Longhorns. Uh, he went 16 to 28, 
for 154 yards. Uh, he had uh, two touchdowns, uh, also two interceptions. Um, also, I, I like the play of cornerback uh, Joe Deenan of Kansas. 14 total tackles, uh, made his presence known throughout the game, and uh, it was a close game. So I, I give them all the props for that, and that's probably the reason why they were so close. So again, Joe Joe Deneen, cornerback, uh, 14 total tackles. I loved I loved his play, although they didn't get the win. Uh, we got some more Big 12 action. Number eight Oklahoma uh, gets it done against uh, number 13 West Virginia, uh, 56. I'm sorry, 59 to 56. Oklahoma will go on to 11 and one and keep their playoff hopes intact. Boo! I'm sorry. I don't. I don't. I don't respect their defense, so I don't really respect them. Uh, West Virginia, again, they come up short. Uh, Kyle Murray is the story of the game. Four total touchdowns. Um, Will Greer also tried his hand. I mean, again, uh, he threw very well. Four total touchdowns, but again, they come up short. And that's been his uh, problem, his Achilles heel this whole season. He has, he has not been able to come through on these back-and-forth uh, high-scoring impact games. And it's definitely killed his Heisman buzz because he was, he was up there uh, for a while. Wow. Earlier this year, but uh, speaking of the Heisman race, is there really a Heisman race? I mean, really, you only have two big competitors, so I'll talk about these two guys right here. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa, quarterback from Alabama. Uh, he only threw four incompletions last week. Four incompletions, meaning he only missed four passes. Of course, he played against the Citadel, but again, uh, he has a two uh, two twelve quarterback rating, which is the best in the nation, and he's about at thirty, I think, thirty one touchdowns already. So, I mean, regardless of who the competition is, he's more than likely. I'm sorry, he, he looks to be the best in the nation right now. That's just my opinion. Um, I got him. Uh, I got him winning it. I don't want to say in the landslide, but we'll see when it comes down to the final final voting. But I wouldn't be surprised if he won by one of the widest margins ever. Uh, but again, we got at two, we have Kyler Murray. Again, it's a solid, decent quarterback. I just talked about what he was able to do uh, yesterday. Four total touchdowns. Uh, he has a seven, uh, 70 uh 70% completion percentage, which is really good. Uh, it's one of the tops in the nation. Uh, last week, like I said, uh, he had 272 yards versus Kansas. So, again, he definitely can score. Uh, he definitely is responsible for why his team is winning, especially because of that, that whack defense. So, he does deserve some love. Uh, but, again... Two is on the undefeated team. Two is on a team that you know is going to the playoffs. They'll have a chance to uh, get some get some real hardware at the end of the season. So I think two of on low at the moment is just head and shoulders on top of everybody right now. At three we have uh, Gerd Gardner, excuse me, Gardner Minishu, uh, quarterback from Washington State. Uh, last week he completed seventy eight percent of his passes, four hundred seventy three yards, and seven touchdowns versus Arizona. Uh, this season he's completed seventy percent of his passes for four thousand three hundred twenty. Five yards and 36 touchdowns, but again, uh, he kind of just came on the scene just for a little bit. Um, again, he has monster numbers, and every every Washington State quarterback does. Uh, just the thing about them is is always questioning whether or not they're really good, or if it's just a product of their system. Again, Mike Leach can make anybody a great quarterback within his system if you can just throw the ball any way down the field. Um, he can he can make you work. Uh, but again, um, another a, a bad game, a bad showing from him uh, this week uh, against Washington in the Apple Cup. So look for him to. To significantly drop uh, again, I only see it really as a two-man race, and really, in all honesty, I see already the winner. In my opinion, I already think there's a winner. Uh, but moving on, um, 
We have two more players I want to talk about. We have Real Greer, a quarterback from West Virginia. He has 33 total TDs. Actually, uh, if you count yesterday, uh, he would have 30, uh, 37 TDs as as of now, as of yesterday. Um, again, he can't. He just he just doesn't seem to get it done in the big games. Uh, he had a game against Texas earlier this year where he he couldn't win, uh, and again he couldn't get it done against Oklahoma. Uh, he had a, and he had a serious shot at it. Uh, Oklahoma didn't have any uh, any resemblance of a defense, and he had a shot. I mean, of course, again, uh, he only lost by. Three points. So uh, again, he couldn't get it done. And finally, we got Jonathan Taylor running back out of Wisconsin. Uh, he has a quiet. He has had a quiet year, uh, mostly because Wisconsin probably you know hasn't been as good as nat- nationally projected. Uh, but he averages 7.2 yards a carry, which is really good. And he has 15 uh, touchdowns, which is uh, near tops in the nation. So uh, again, I see Tua, Tua Tagovailoa as a clear uh, clear favorite here. Um, you know, no, you know, he's on the, the championship squad. Uh, we're pretty much certain that he'll finish number one in the nation. Uh, we're pretty, we're pretty much certain his team is going to win that SEC title game. Uh, he's, he's has a lot going in his favor, and I really don't see anybody at this point that has a resume that uh, rivals that. I know Kyler Murray has better numbers, but again. Um, Tagovailoa has the wins. Uh, so moving on, uh, we're going to take another quick break. Uh, we'll be coming back with some NFL news. Again, I'll be, I got three questions for week 12. And then uh, also we're going to be going over um, some news, a couple couple little things, actually a few things to talk about. And then, of course, like I said, we're going to be going over the scores over Thanksgiving. All right, y'all. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, I am back, and I got three questions going into week 12 in the NFL season. Who's the coach of the year? I got three candidates that I know for a fact that everybody's hot on. We got Sean Payton, 10-1 and one of the Saints. We already know. We don't need to break it down. We got Sean McVay over there in L.A., down there in L.A., doing his thing. We don't need to say too much. This is We've seen what they can do. We've seen him develop golf we've seen him uh bring these superstars together and have a, a pretty damn good well-oiled machine and we have andy reed of course you know they're gonna make a lot about his play calling he's a good offensive play caller again he was a little bit more for me to be desired in the playoffs but again he's had another hot year he's developed another great quarterback in patrick mahomes uh so again he deserves his props but there's two coaches that i have that i personally like I'm going to talk about them real quick. I like Mike Tomlin. At six, uh, I think they're seven and two and one. And of course, they didn't play that well in the beginning of the year. There was a lot to be said about the Le'Veon Bell situation. Uh, They thought that the team would not be uh, as good. I already know it. Uh, but, But to turn it around and to be on top of your division, to be at it again, facing another playoff stint. And this year, I think. For them to, to for them to actually get to the Super Bowl, outside of the Patriots, that's their only real competition. I think they've come a long way. Uh, ben Roethlisberger uh, is definitely uh, one of the. I think he should be a, a MVP candidate. I don't think he's a, a high ranking one, but definitely deserves some consideration. Uh, just being the leader of that team, keeping that team focused. Uh, Mike Tomlin as well. They've done so much to keep this team focused, regardless of what was going on. You know, regardless of what the media wanted uh, to force upon that team. Again, James Conner, uh, he uh, he stepped up to the plate, 
and he perform he has performed well. That team has come up and uh, rallied around themselves and made themselves better. I got to give Mike Tomlin all the credit in the world for that because only a real man would be able to do that. A real good coach would be able to take a situation like that where a player has held out for, for two years straight, created all types of off, off the field drama. You know, the, the offensive linemen were against him. A lot of the players were against him coming back into the season. It was a lot of dysfunction going into last year with the anthem protests. To have this team where they're at right now, I, I gotta get. I, I can't. I mean, of course, you know, you want to talk about Peyton and those guys, but again, you cannot overlook that. You cannot overlook. Uh, you cannot overlook success in spite of drama. When you can succeed in in, in spite of in spite of drama, you get you, you get all the props from me. And uh, I also like Matt Nagy, uh, eight and three. Uh, he's currently leading his division, the NFC North, by a few games. Uh, he had a great game last week uh, against the Vikings. I thought he won, like I said, he won the most important game last week. His conference, uh, his division is probably, uh, well, I will tell you this. I don't think the media or a lot of people believe that they can pull it off. So when they win games like that, it, it definitely goes a long way for them. And you start, you know, it starts forcing people to, to respect them. I've already respected them. I respected them the first uh Within the first weeks of the season, they were to make the ballsy move uh, to get, you know, Khalil Mack, and um, with that old, with that, with uh, with having him, um, you know, with having uh, with having Khalil Mack, of course, it didn't show up right away. That first game with, uh, I believe it was, yeah, it was with Green Bay. They ended in a tie. But what he's done, but even in that game, he made his his he made his presence felt, and he's made his presence felt throughout the season. He's one of the top uh, defensive players in this league. Uh, they also have Raekwon Smith, who they drafted last year in the draft, performing tremendously well. Offensively, of course, they have Mitch Trubisky, uh, but I like the way in which they developed him. He's not perfect yet. Uh, he's had some rocky games. He did not play this week against Detroit, even though they won. Uh, but again, he's come a long way, and he's and he's part of the factor why they're winning. They they will keep winning if he continues to get better. Uh, they're they're going through the opposite of what Dallas is going through with Dak. He's exceeding. Uh, well, he—I wouldn't say Trubisky is exceeding, but he's meeting expectations, and they're performing pretty well. Everything else is in place for them. They have a solid running game. They have Jordan Howard. Uh, they also have Tariq Cohen, who can catch passes as well. They have legitimate—I would say legitimate receivers. They're not—they might not be Amari Cooper speed guys, or they might not be the Antonio Browns, the superstar divas. Um, they might not even be Alan, uh, Adam Thielen. And um, Stephon Diggs out there in Minnesota, but they get the job done. And again, you gotta respect you gotta respect the team that had that was coming out of the wayside about a year or so ago to be in a prominent position to take their division. You gotta respect it. You gotta respect it. So those two guys are my personal picks. I do like the other three that I mentioned, and I would not mind seeing one of those three guys win it. But these two guys here, Mike Tomlin and Matt Nagy. For, as a personal favor to me, don't overlook those guys. And do not be surprised when those guys are in the playoffs. Just saying. And they beat your favorite team. Just saying. If it had, you know, hey, you heard it here first. My second question is, what's Eaton Gronk? Now, he's returning this week. Uh, 
against the Jets after being gone for about a month. He says he's good to go. That's what he's employing. Uh, this season, he has 448 yards and a touchdown. Of course, there's a lot been said about just his attitude, you know, recently. He, uh, he you know, he's been one that, you know, it, it seems like he's, you know, he's not, he's had a little bit of, he's had his feel of the New England situation with loss of the winning and all that. Now, of course, he's had uh, injury history, uh, mostly with his back. I remember just going back to his college days at Arizona. Uh, he had a monster game against us, uh, against my Ducks, his last year. Again, if they could have won, uh, it, it could have been an upset for them. I remember that game, uh, but he was coming off a back injury, and he had not played a lot uh, before before then. But I knew he had talent, but again, again, but then again, I, I already knew about his issues. Uh, and there was some talk going into this year about him possibly retiring. Uh, he had uh, he was in a situation I. I can't remember it all the way, but he either wanted to be traded, something like that, or he went to, or he didn't want to be traded, and he wanted to be reti- or he would retire. Uh, but I think for him, uh, he still didn't want black back and ankle problems. Uh, so he, you know, even when he's cleared to play, he'll still be going through some nagging injuries. But I think for him, uh, why not seek a trade? Um, I wouldn't mind seeing him with the Eagles. Um, and the reason being, uh, while I was looking at the stats last night. And uh, I saw that year where he had 17 touchdowns. I think the first year he had 11 touchdowns. And just the years where he was really, really just changing the game and just outrageous grunk, uh, he was paired with another solid tight end. Think about it. Now, because I, I, I know when I brought up the word, the name Eagles, a lot of people were going to sit there and say, well, they already have a tight end. They have Zach Ertz. But they had a tight end. In New England already had Aaron Hernandez. They had Aaron Hernandez and Gronk, and they just killed the game with both of those guys. I think he really uh, fits in a two tight end system. I think he can uh, definitely become a focal point in an offense like that. And I think it's for him. I I think he needs for him. It will be good. I I just think it will be good to see him in a different environment. I think he he's he's getting stale in New England. I think he feels stale in his personality. Um, I think he I don't I'm not saying he needs to be around party people and just, you know, players who don't take the game seriously. Uh and there might be an issue with the Eagles there, but again, I think when he was at the top of his game he was paired with another great tight end that could cause havoc. And I think with the receivers that the Eagles already have. They already have Al Galore on the outside. They have a couple solid receivers on the outside. If you bring an extra tight end, and I, I mean, and they would probably be able to get him for some value. I mean, he's injury prone. He's he's older. He's been in the game for nine years. Come on, you can get a decent, you can get something decent. And and mind you, I think your boy, I think your boy, uh, I think your boy Belichick wouldn't mind trading him at some point either. You know, this could be near the end of his his little run. You know how Belichick likes to get rid of people before they become a liability. So. Uh, I think he should take a trade, but as far as how he feels, as far as if he's ready to go, this is his quote for uh, Saturday, I mean for Sunday, excuse me, I mean, I feel good, I'm ready to play, that's all, I'm excited to be back out there come Sunday, and just been working hard to get out there and ready to roll, so it looks to me like he's ready to play, uh, he's motivated to play, I would not mind him being traded though, I think for him, I think he might want to see that in the future. Uh, moving on, we got some NFL. We got some big time. Well, we got some news to talk about. Bob McNair, the owner of the Texans, has passed away at 81. I don't really have too many details from that. 
up, but he did pass away yesterday. So of course there there's there should be a replacement. I don't know how that works. I forgot how it worked when when Al Davis died. Of course his son took over. Um I'm pretty sure there'll be a new owner soon. And when that happens, I'll definitely let you guys know. But uh as of now, their owner, Bob McNair, has passed away at eighty one. Uh we also have Lamar Jackson. He's looking to make his second start this week against the Oakland Raiders. Good job, bro. Uh, he ran the ball over 27 times last week um, for over 100 yards. That's a record. Uh, no running, no quarterback has ran the ball over 20 times ever in the game. And this was the first time a run, a quarterback, excuse me, <laughs> a quarterback has run for over 100 yards um, in the game, in his first game, his first uh, first ever game. Uh, he also went 13-9 passing uh, for 150 yards and also an interception. Uh, however, I think uh, he did okay, and uh, with that being said, they'll be looking to add more into his uh, play into his game plan for him to throw the ball. So look for him to look for him to make some some uh, big steps this week. Uh, they're playing against a, a a defense that's bad enough to learn against. Uh, he'll be able to do some things. He'll be able to get some confidence, I think. And I I do love my Raiders, but again, they're just not a great team uh, defensively. They they let Bruce Irving go not too long ago, uh, so they really have no they really have zero pass rush. So look for him to develop his skills a little bit this game. Look for him to to make some good plays and turn some heads a little bit. I I, I think the the Ravens could win that game. Uh, moving on, finally, uh, we have some Sam Darnold news. He will miss his second straight game of the year uh, with a foot injury. Uh, Jock Smith, now the OG, will get the start in that one. And uh, moving on, finally, let's, let's get to these scores uh, over the, over uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, the Bears beat the Lions, of course, like I said, 23-16. to tw- uh, 23 to 16. Uh, The Bears move on to 8-3. The Lions are now at 4-7. and seven. Chase Daniel steps up, and he scores a... Uh, he scores a t- two touchdowns, actually, and he goes for 230 yards. So that's the story of that game there. Uh, again, that was a deciding factor. Um, of course, Tariq Cohen, Cohen scored. He had a good game from him defensively. Uh, but I think Chase Daniels stepping up and not being, you know, a typical wet-the-bed, you know, uh, backup, I think that's a good look. That's a good look for them. Uh, the the Cowboys uh get a good well get a get a much needed win against the Redskins thirty one to twenty three they are both at six and five uh Dallas is currently number one in the NFC East uh Dak finally links up with um with uh, with Amari sorry uh that's the big story of this game uh they they look up they hook up on two scores basically the two deciding scores there Amari had a hundred eighty score hundred eighty yards excuse me on eight catches uh Dak went twenty two or thirty one for 289 yards of course his two touchdowns went to Amari Cooper uh, again uh, Zeke, Zeke did his thing too I uh, know he ran for over 100 yards also a touchdown uh, but that game is closer than what it should have been I'm not buying Dallas uh, Redskins they should have blown out the Redskins they let Colt McCoy score twice on them uh, Colt McCoy looked okay uh, outside of the pressure that they sent on him made him throw some bad passes and again they don't really have any receivers uh, to help them out on uh, to help them out anywhere um, so again, I'm not buying Dallas. I don't think that, I think they get blown out in the playoffs. I don't care who they play. Um, seeing what I've seen, they can they can they can look up and get this NFC East. I'm not tripping about that. I know they're not going to win in the playoffs though, so I'm not even too sure why anybody's excited. Uh, finally, we got the Saints. Uh, they beat the Falcons easily, 31 to 17. They currently at 10 and one, and the Falcons move down to four and seven. Um, the big story here is the Saints defense. They made a move to get Eli Apple. That helped them out. He was all over the field getting. Um, 
10 total tackles. That defense has six total sacks. Again, I loved it. Uh, they're playing really good football at this time of the year. And the Falcons, they seem to just overachieve over and over. Uh, 26 total rushing yards, zero touchdowns. Uh, Julio Jones, again, has zero touchdowns. And I don't know what to make of this team. Somebody's going to have to... Um, I think there's going to be some changes going to be made. Uh, somebody, some coaching. Uh, I don't know about Matt Ryan per se being moved, but a lot of changes will be made top to bottom with that team. All right, y'all, we're going to take one last quick break. And when we come back, we'll be going over some NBA scores, um, scores from last night. And also, we're going to talk some Steph Curry, too. All right, y'all, we'll be right back. All right, my people, we're going to wrap this up for today. I got a quick uh, story for you guys, and I'm going to go into these uh, scores real quick. Steph Curry was involved in a minor car accident on Highway 24 in Oakland yesterday. Uh, there was no injuries that were that was suffered. That's good for him. He's already suffering through something, uh, something that he's getting over, of course, with, you know, in terms of an injury, of course. So, luckily, nothing was exasperated. Uh, just, you know... I, one thing I will say is be safe out there, y'all. It's been raining the past few days, at least where I'm at here in Northern California. Uh, you know what happens. Roads get slicky. Roads get a little dangerous. Uh, any any weather changes, wherever you're at, don't really matter. Be careful. Uh, there's no reason to rush. There's no reason to, you know, take your time, you know. It's all about making making it to where you need to be alive. Uh, I don't think the guy was drunk or anything. Uh, the driver that hit him was drunk. Actually, he was his car was hit twice. Um it just it just so happened I, I if anything the i think the guy was going a little bit too fast swerved a little bit out of control uh hit Steph in the front of his vehicle uh, i believe then Steph pulled over to the median right there on the freeway i think and then somebody hit him i think maybe in the back right after that or something like that so again be careful guys out there on the roads uh, to, you know it's okay to drive like a grandma or a grandpa sometimes if you really if you really need to i myself get blind as a bat when it starts to rain at night so i'm not i'm not going assert i'm not going past 60 65 the post speed limit that's just me i don't like to drive at night anyways when it's raining or too much at all when it's raining that's me uh but of course, of course like i said steph was not hurt he should make it out uh, and his team did pretty well that day, yesterday too. They ended up winning 125 uh, to 97 against the Blazers. So uh, he's doing all right. And the Warriors, they seem to be doing all right too. So let's move on to the rest of these scores. Uh, the Timberwolves uh, beat the Nets 112 to 102. Uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, we got the uh, the Clippers. I'm sorry. The, I'm sorry. The uh, Celtics beating the Hawks 114 to 96. Uh, we have the Heat beating the Bulls 103 to 95. Uh, we also got the Grizzlies uh, losing to the Clippers in overtime 107 to 112. Uh, the Wizards beat the Raptors. Uh, oh, sorry. The Wizards lose to the Raptors 107 to 125. We're going to break this one down a little bit. Uh, Bradley Beal uh, led the Wizards with 20 points. He also had six assists. Otto Porter also had 17 points and 17 rebounds. John Wall also helped out with 11 points and 11 rebounds. And uh, the Wizards go on to 6 and 12. The, uh, the Raptors they keep this season, you know, really hot. They're uh, 16 and 4 right now. Kawhi Leonard led all scores with 27 points. He also had 10 rebounds. And Kyle Lowry had 15 points and 8 assists. Again, the Raptors are looking really good this year. I'm I'm pretty surprised. I didn't think they looked this great, but again, the Eastern Conference. 
conference is is a little bit winnable. Uh, you have the Celtics underachieving right now. So there you go. Uh, we got the uh, Hornets beating the Thunder. I said losing to the Thunder, excuse me, 104 to 109. Uh, we got the Cavs uh, beating the Sixers, 121 to 112. Let's break this one down, too, because this one uh, is a little minor upset for me. Uh, the Cavs are, of course, 13. Uh, sorry, 3 and 14. Uh, the Sixers are 13 and 8. Uh, Rodney Hood led all scores. Right, Rodney Hood. Right. He led all the scores with 25 points. Also, Colin Sexton had 23 points and 5 rebounds. Tristan Thompson had a double double with 18 points, 13 rebounds. He wanted to troll Embiid after the game a little bit. I don't see why when he lost the one on one matchup, uh, pretty much. Joel Embiid had 24 points, 13 rebounds. JJ Reddick had 23 points and 4 assists. Uh, basically, their main stars did their thing. Uh, ben Simmons. He had 24 points and 12 rebounds. Jimmy Butler also had 22 points. I don't see how they missed this one. Uh, they let that one go. That was not a good game for them. Uh, over, I mean, I don't see how y'all y'all lose like that. I guess they bench did not help them out. But anyway, moving on. Uh, we got the Knicks beating the Pelicans 114 to 109. Uh, the Spurs beat the Pacers 111 to 100. And uh, we have the Suns beating the Bucks in another upset, one sixteen to one fourteen. Now I got, I'm gonna go over this one as well, just because it was so weird to me. I, I was not expecting this one either. Uh, Devin Booker, uh, he leads the Suns with 29 points. He also had seven assists. Four rebounds. T.J. Warren had 19 points and five rebounds. Also, DeAndre Aiden had 17 points and 17 rebounds. So the rookie did his thing too. He looks he's looking like a good pick right here. Uh, as far as the Bucks, uh, Big Giannis, of course, he did his thing. He led all scores with 35 points. Uh, he also had 10 rebounds. Malcolm Brogdon also had 22 points as well. So again, they just come up a little bit short. Uh, Suns move on to four. And four. 4-14 on the season. The Bucks are sitting at 13-15. and 15. That's still good enough for second in the East. And uh, moving on for the rest of these scores, we have the Magic uh, losing to the Nuggets. 87 to 112 and the Jazz. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, the Lakers and LeBron. They beat the Jazz 90 to 85. All right, y'all. So we're gonna wrap this up for today. Uh, our next episode, we're going over the college football rankings, of course, as we always do. We'll be going over the rest of the top 25 action uh, that occurred today. Of course, we have Michigan Ohio State, the big time game going on as we speak. Uh, so we'll get into that game, of course. Uh, we'll also be going on to the rest of those conference championship qualifier. Games games as well i want to talk about those uh, i know that's the immediate uh media action uh media action we'll be talking about uh we'll also be talking about some nfl as well of course all the scores from tomorrow as well so that's two main things we'll be talking about um and uh of course i've still been looking for any uh free agency action i will be uh researching some more of that tonight and of course anything that i do come across you will know about it so if manny machado makes his move i'll tell you bryce harper he makes a move you will know about it so any major league stuff going on i'll be letting you know about that too it is college basketball season don't think i forgot about that too i will be coming out with some rankings for that pretty soon as well all right y'all Y'all keep it, y'all keep it trill, y'all keep it live. If somebody has not told you yet today, I love you. Y'all treat each other well and peace out. One love.